The following programme contains strong language. Hello and welcome to Best of Lingo. Coming up, we've got 60 minutes of interviews and performances showcasing the best of the Lingo Spoken Word Festival 2016. My name is Paula Wiseman and along with my colleague Ben Atkinson, we went along to some of the events held during the Lingo Festival and spoke to a wide range of performers, including Blind Boy Boat Club, Colm Keegan and Poetic Pilgrimage. So sit back, relax and enjoy the best of Lingo. I went along to the Kick Up the Arts event in Whelan's on the Sunday night of the festival. There I chatted with some of the performers, including Kat Brogan and Tara Flynn. But first I met the host for the evening, Blind Boy Boat Club of Rubber Bandits fame. So I'm here at Kick Up the Arts in Whelan's. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Blind Boy Boat Club from the Rubber Bandits. So welcome to Near FM. Hello, how are you? What's the crack? I'm good, I'm good. Um, so do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing? What's your part in the show tonight? I'm the host for the night. I'm, I'm like uh, Graham Norton after a lot of Polish speed. Um, I'm just going to be talking. I'm just going to be introducing the night, introducing the guests. Yeah. And then just talking a lot of shit and having a bit of crack. Yeah, yeah. So is there any, is there any plan? Are you kind of working to a plan no, or are you just going to wing it and see how it, see how it goes? Ear. Play it by ear. Yeah. And, and have it as, as broad and awkward as a 40-year-old man of the dead. <laughs> and just see how it goes. It'll be grand. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, do you do a lot of these, these kind of things? No, not really. It's my first one. And what I'm looking forward to is because it's a spoken word festival. I usually do songs, uh, but I'm going to do some, the lyrics, just the lyrics of songs and read them out as spoken word pieces, which I'm really yeah. looking forward to because I've never done that in front of an audience. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see whether it works or whether it doesn't. Yeah. So it'll be first for, first for yeah, you, first for everyone here, I suppose. It's really exciting. And what I like about it is that um, from the point of view of, of, if I make a bollocks of it, mm-hmm. if me reading out lyrics on their own doesn't work, yeah. then that's brilliant. Yeah. Because I can embrace that failure then as change and learn, learn something from it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I'd rather chance fucking it up than not doing it at all because I'm scared. Yeah. I mean, I suppose as an artist, it's always about trying new things. And, you know, they say, you know, try something that scares you Absolutely. every day. I, I mean, I suppose the, that's what boils down to. One of the most important things with anyone who's doing something creative is, is to have a healthy attitude towards failure. Yeah. To understand that failure is, is a necessary part of the creative process. And uh, you're, you're, you know, being disappointed is okay. Yeah. But to uh, embrace failure, understand that failure is something you can learn from. Yeah. And not to allow success to become part of your identity, because if you do that, then you'll be scared to fail and you'll procrastinate because yeah. fucking something up means yeah. you evaluate yourself less as a person. You know. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Thank you so much for All taking right. the time to talk to me, you're blind welcome. boy, tonight. You're welcome. Uh, have a great show. I will. Thank you. To say it makes it real. So you stay silent, like a body washed up on the beach, while his new girlfriend giggles in the school canteen. So I'm here at Kick Up the Arts in Whelan's and I am joined by Kat Brogan. Uh, Kat, you're one of the performers tonight. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your very interesting act I just saw in the soundcheck there? Uh, yeah, I'm performing with a hula hoop and also with a boron. Yeah, yeah. So do you have a, like a, I don't know, do you have a set 
for tonight prepared or is it just yes, going to be yeah. a lot of times I will just you know get a feel for the night and decide what to do on the night but uh it's all a very packed schedule so yeah. I was like right I needed to like time it to make yeah. sure that I fit it in with the with the slots so. yeah I mean the hula hooping is a skill unto itself I don't think I could do it do what you I saw you do earlier that was well, pretty amazing and it's a massive hula hoop as well a huge hula hoop which helps because then you don't have to sort of move it as much so yeah. you still got the air uh, I think if I was just doing the hula hoop, it wouldn't be that impressive. But hopefully, with the poetry, that yeah. sort of makes my my hula hooping skills not so yeah. uh, under the scrutiny. Yeah, trying not to knock out the front row. Exactly. Hopefully, the word seems too violent a label for the one who made you love Leonard Cohen. Twelve angry men, and for a brief moment on the Ponte Vecchio, him. I'm assuming you've been doing it since you were since you were a little kid. Yeah, I've been writing since I was really young. I performed at the Fish. I read in Mass. I've been poetry has been my main job for the last five years now. I um, did a master's as a writer teacher, mm-hmm. and I've been a spoken word educator in a school in London. And I just came back from doing a arts council funded project, yeah. uh, looking at spoken word education okay. in, uh, in in Malaysia. Yeah. Have you done anything like this before? Have you done a lot of these kind of these kind of festivals? Yeah, I did a, a show at the Edinburgh Fringe for oh, a couple wow. of years. Um, I've done WOMAD, Latitude. Uh, I've been living in England pretty much my whole adult life. Okay. So, but I'm originally from OMA in Northern Ireland. So yeah. it's really nice to be here back in the in the home country doing yeah, this yeah. and Lingo is such a wonderful festival and I think it's really unique in its focus on spoken word a lot yeah. of times spoken words like the little afterthought mm-hmm. at festivals whereas having spoken word is the main thing of this festival is awesome and yeah. and it's great to see that for this final event that we're bringing in social justice mm-hmm. we're using art to talk about issues and that we're also bringing in musicians and and a drag act, fantastic. Yeah, so everything tonight. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, thanks so much for talking to me, Kat. It's been pleasure. amazing. Have a good night tonight. Thank you so much. Cool, so I'm here at Kick Up the Arts, the conversational crack on art and social change happening here in Whelan's tonight. And I am lucky enough to be joined pre-show by actress, writer, comedian, amongst many other things, Tara Flynn. Milkmaid. So, milkmaid. Cleaner. Tara Flynn, I'm so lucky. Um, so Tara, do you want to tell me a little bit about what you're going to be doing tonight? I'm not really sure, which is part of the joy of the event. And I always love events where you, you let them unfold organically. I'm an improviser, it's one of my yeah. favourite ways to yeah. perform. So I'm with Dublin Comedy Improv, so I'm happy to let this unfold. I'll be doing a very short uh, piece um, that I wrote, a little spoken word piece, just about art and social change, and a little bit about... A lot of it's quite emotional, so I don't really want to give too much away because it's not what people would usually expect from okay. me. It's not necessarily funny, um, but I'll do that, and then we'll be having a, a, an a integrated chat, all-inclusive chat. Sounds very interesting, doesn't it? it does actually, so it does. I mean, I obviously, can't wait to see how it works. the whole improv thing absolutely fascinates me. I mean, yeah. you must have to have a very quick quick mind to I don't think it's so much quick uh, the people who do are great gag maestros people who can improvise jokes really fast yeah. uh, they, they have quick minds and they've got joke writers minds yeah. uh, sometimes I can improvise gags sometimes I can't I'm interested in the scene of it which yeah. I absolutely adore for that you just need an open mind you need not to jump ahead or plan or try to control yeah 
very good philosophy of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you never know what life's going to throw to. So improv is the same. You don't know what your partner on stage is going to say. Yeah. So if you plan something, you can shut them down. And improv is all about being open to what, yeah. what everyone else is doing too. It must be scary. No, I so, love like, it. Because you've got, it's such a team game. Yeah. You're not on your own. Stand-up yeah. is scary and writing is scary. Everything, yeah. I, everything I do is scary. I, I always have my adrenaline up. But improv is, well, there is an adrenaline rush. Yeah. It's, it's in a really lovely shared... We're playing together. We're yeah. messing about. Yeah. We're going, you know, teasing each other and, and sort of getting each other out of our comfort zones, which is brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time Thank to talk to me, so Tara. Much. And good luck for tonight. Thank you. In the name of the Almighty. Yeah. You see, there's this thing called beauty. And sometimes we as women, we believe that we don't possess it. We don't see the real beauty that's within. I just want to say keep shining, because you're beautiful. Her mother held her close and told her she was beautiful. One of the most exciting performances of the night was London-based female hip-hop duo Poetic Pilgrimage. I caught up with them before their performance in Whelan's to find out a little bit more about how they got started. I'm here at the Kick Up the Arts um, part of today's Lingo Festival, uh, and I'm joined by Poetic Pilgrimage. Ladies, ladies. So, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing tonight? Sure, so we're going to be um, doing a 15-minute kind of acoustic hip-hop-y set, um, and then we're going to be chilling out on the, on the sofa part of the conversation yeah <laughs> and then after that we're going to move upstairs and we are going to do a hip-hop set mm-hmm. yeah so i mean do you want to introduce yourselves i suppose <laughs> i should have asked your name first of all <laughs> or you just you're just going to go under your moniker <laughs> of, you're, you're nameless. <laughs> okay. so the group name as we said as you said is poetic pilgrimage my name is manera my name is sakina um and we're a hip-hop and spoken word duo uh-huh. um also um, educators and workshop facilitators and recently come back from being in a theatrical performance so we're kind of like trying to claim that we're actors yeah. as well yeah. we're lesbians we're lesbians yeah. yeah so how long have you been working together how did you meet oh so we met like years and years ago back in secondary school um and we were in choirs and school together but we weren't really friends how we became friends really was like through a um, community talent show. Cool. And then after that, we sort of sparked the friendship, realised that we was quite odd in our friendship group mm-hmm. and in our city generally. <laughs> it was like, okay, let's let's uh, just hang out. And then I think Poetic Pilgrimage really came about as a, as a conversation yeah. about like representation, representation of women, representation of black women, you know, uh-huh. and like how we were portrayed mm-hmm. and like the type of music that we was listening to. And I think it just naturally birthed Poetic Pilgrimage. Yeah. No, I was at an event earlier, Black Rhymes Matter, yeah. over just amazing the amount of uh, great artists yeah. black artists that are coming out and doing spoken word mm. and rap and it's just absolutely amazing the scene in Dublin at the moment wow as you've you know um, so I mean meeting at school I mean how, how did that conversation start do you know what I mean you don't just wake up one day and think oh let's let's form a rap so the group actually formed after school school is where we met and like where we sort of um like formed our foundation uh-huh. i think like um really poetic pilgrimage started after we started hanging out with each other we would always have questions about philosophy you know what's the meaning of life yeah you know like our, our taste in music was quite unique to like young people of our age you know mm-hmm. and representation and like you know i figured myself to be a rapper or like a bedroom rapper even though i was just reciting the people's lyrics in the mirror yeah and like sakina was a singer you know so like we just 
She was like, <laughs> <laughs> so was a singer, so we came together and we was like, oh yeah, let's come together to do, you know, like a group, put, put on a group. And then I think really we moved to London, went to university and Poetic That's Pilgrimage, yeah, was birthed there. Yeah, I mean, is this the kind of music that you've always listened to ever since you were young kids? You, the, the music what that we make? You, yeah, something you, you grew up with or? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, we're, we're of Jamaican heritage. Yeah, yeah. So like being of Jamaican heritage, yeah, reggae music is definitely central to, essential to what we do. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I think that the music that we do is actually inspired by so many different yeah. genres. So like, you know, it's hip hop inspired by reggae, inspired mm. by jazz, yeah. inspired by Afrobeats, mm-hmm. inspired by different people as well in different situations. And I guess that's partly the reason why I guess a lot of people say that like um, they think our music is quite socially, politically charged yeah. because we are inspired not just by the music, but like the roots of the genre of the music and also the social, um, political, I guess, um, context of the music as well. The troubled child, she was raped at the age of five. Had no time to be a child, but a woman forced five. Never told she was loved. Had a sexual appetite that wasn't right. But used to hide the pain inside. I mean, seeing you sound check earlier, you, it, it was like you bounce off each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a, there's a kind of like a, a magnetism, I suppose, <laughs> between the two of you. Yeah. A back, back and forth. You yeah, know. I think um, because we're a duo and because we use hip hop, I think it's very much like we definitely are. You know, like with, with hip hop festival, you of, oftentimes have someone to kind of be supporting you, supporting your lyrics and supporting your kind of backing yeah. lyrics in general. But I feel like we are, it, we are. It's like a kind of mirror. It's it's, a, it's more like support. You know, like yeah. when if Manira when she's rapping, she knows that she's got my support. Like I know her lyrics and I can always support her and vice versa. And I think that's that, that definitely has come with time. Like a lot of people can tell that we're we've been together for a long time because of how well we're able to support each other yeah. um, on stage. But yeah, I think it's a big part of what we do and that kind of, yeah, that togetherness. Yeah, I mean, do you do the whole Facebook thing? Do you have yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff going on? Everything. <laughs> so we have Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat recently, which is great fun. Wow. And, um, if you want to see the a less serious side of us, the more like, hey, we're just enjoying ourselves. Yeah. Definitely enjoy Snapchat. Snapchat. We're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. when we're being like, totally, like Snapchat, I feel like I, we act really stupid on Snapchat. But it's like fun, because yeah. you have so many filters, you can be like really stupid. And yeah. like, I think Facebook's more serious. Yeah. Instagram's more visuals and Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, I think Twitter is quite witty and quite intelligent and clever. And engaging. Engaging, yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. So, I mean, you must travel a huge amount. It must be all over the place. That must be a nice part of the... I know some people get tired with the whole travelling between gigs and stuff, but... Yeah, it's a nice... I think we're quite fortunate because we've been together as a group over 10 years now. So, I think that, like, you know, the first part of your career, you do lots of different events. Maybe they don't really represent who you are as a person, but you're just trying to get your name out. I feel like now we're at a stage where everything that we get invited to, to be a part of represents who we are in some way yeah. and so to, even to be here it's our first time in Ireland <laughs> it's our first time in Ireland it's our first time um, being here we just come back from Belgium we're going to be performing in Sweden um, wow. in the next couple of months and back to Belgium again and also just in the UK like yeah. a lot of the things that we're doing are like social justice festivals and you know things to do with like social responsibility human rights yeah. and so for us we're just like everything that comes we're like this is exactly who we are. So that's yeah. a really, that's a big thing to know that we've planted certain seeds in our career and mm-hmm. it's starting to kind of grow. grow. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're based in London at the moment. What's the London scene like at the moment? That's an interesting question. We're based in London from Bristol. I think, like, um, first of all, let's say London is flourishing. Yeah. I think London's always flourishing, but I don't know what the London scene is like in terms of spoken word. I know there's a lot of artists or what have you, but I think we've always been the type of group that's like, we've always... Yeah 
uh, we only always created our own vibe, you know. Yeah. So I didn't really we're not know. Part of a scene, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think as well because like you know we're women, we're Muslim, you know like we're spoken with, we're hip hop. We are on so many different scenes. Like so, for example, we may perform at um, a resistance festival. Then we'll perform at um, a women's rights festival. Then we'll perform at a hip. So we're we're part of various different scenes, which is a very beautiful experience. Yeah. yeah. There is a land far away. I mean, there's so many labels put yeah, on things these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everything has to have a label. Yeah, I'm it a must... left-handed MC. <laughs> <laughs> it's also dyslexic, which is why I put up my right hand. <laughs> it must get a bit really tiresome to be keep being, do you know what I mean, labelled? I don't know how much you're labelled, but yeah, just from what up. I've seen myself, yeah. a lot of people just seem to be, you're labelled and you're put into a into yeah. a box. Yeah, I think we're definitely, as a group, labelled a lot. And it is quite difficult, particularly because we're Muslim and we're women yeah, who wear yeah. headscarves. So I feel like automatically we're kind of... And another label that we get that get, gets put on us a lot is that we're feminists as well. Oh, so right. it's often like... You're fe- I think because we're Muslim women and we challenge a status quo, yeah, it's like yeah. automatically you must be a feminist. Yeah. And I think that's also like a kind of sticky conversation because it's like, yeah, we're pro-women's rights, but we're not necessarily in any part of affiliated yeah. with anything. Yeah. I think being Muslim women artists, again, sometimes people just assume <laughs> we're going to be like religious music yeah. or, yeah. you know, that we're going to just have a particular perspective or anti-particular things that they think Islam is about. Yeah. So, um, but I think for us, this is the reason why we love live performances yeah. because it's our, our opportunity to kind of challenge those stereotypes and kind yeah. of break them down. And people, I know a lot of people probably have never really engaged with Muslim women before, especially yeah. women who are like veiled let's say so I think for us it's really important that we're in spaces like yeah, this yeah. And all over the world where people can get the opportunity to just meet people and, and understand who we are as, as a people yeah know? I suppose it's about people sort of um, what's the word I'm trying to think of um, feeling like they've got someone that they can identify with mm. yeah you know yeah. identification yeah. like role models yeah i mean i guess good role models yeah you know first of all i hate this type of role model even though i know that people always naturally see every, everyone is a role model it's just one someone. of those things it's, isn't yeah, it it's just you can't uh, run yeah. away from yeah but i think there's definitely there is definitely something in that but also i think sometimes like i am a little bit concerned about like what people think of us because yeah. sometimes people see our image or see us before they even hear us yeah. Yeah. so they then have these expectations of what we're supposed to be about so i think sometimes people like these women are role models and then yeah. they hear us and like oh i thought you did this and then yeah. they then have expectations of what we should do and try you should do this or you should do that but we're just being ourselves i yeah. think for us the biggest in, in in the way in which i like to not that like term role model but the way in which i like being a role model i guess is for not just like for muslims but for everyone who just see us do nothing mm-hmm. they're just like you're a muslim woman you're rapping you ha- talk about so many different sub- subjects break down so many different mm-hmm. stereotypes so if that inspires a chef to be a chef yeah you know or someone yeah. to become a chef for me that's the that's the best form of like role modeling that yeah. i could possibly do exactly just the idea that like even though we have we have ex- we experience a mm. lot of um 
challenges in what we do. You know, yeah, definitely. a lot of members of the our community that that despise us actually just for being present in, in certain spaces so I think but that we persevere because we really believe in what we're doing like wholeheartedly mm. I think that that in and of it like people, I remember we performed at a festival in Austria and there were like this Romanian guy and he was like you're the, you just I feel so liberated after your show and I was thinking like we're just like two like Jamaican girls <laughs> that this Romanian guy and yeah. suddenly he found empowerment in wow us being us so I, I think like Nira saying I, th- I think if anything it's just that it inspires people just to be that to be in their truth yeah mm. I mean that's the beauty of it that music is life changing mm. do you know what I mean you've only got to see somebody one day and that's yeah. this little sp- little light bulb goes off in your yeah. head and it's just amazing I'm, I don't know I, I just I'm in awe of what you do oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much but thank you so much for taking the time thank to you. talk to me have a great great night thank tonight you. My colleague Ben Atkinson of Phoenix FM attended the Lingo Bingo event on the Saturday of the festival. This was improvised open mic unlike anything you've ever heard before, hosted by the enigmatic Wasps versus Humans. Here's how Ben got on. So I'm talking to Carl Anthony Plover. Thanks very much for uh, taking a minute to chat to me. And you were the MC then today of Lingo Bingo. Now I'm a complete newbie to, to spoken word, but I absolutely loved that concept that was going on at Lingo Bingo, which was, uh, you know, a, a lot of topics were written thrown into it last and picked out that's it's such a and then somebody gets up and performs on that given topic that's it's such a great idea it's a great idea isn't it and it's the third year i've, I've done that uh, now and uh, it's, it's been brilliant it always works really really well everyone gets behind it it's everybody's chance to get involved it's kind of an open mic with a difference it's a bit of fun and uh, yeah fantastic 17 hours two buses two taxis 200 miles and a few more by feet a world spun through red eyes no sleep nothing to eat Circulate fresh cells as soldiers fight to get well in the swell of a blood transfusion. I am under no illusion. This night will be hard-pressed to enjoy. One pint, one cigarette, first in weeks, fresh tar, and already I am propping up the bar. As matchsticks prop up eyelids, minds crack thus far. Then that over-creeping feeling comes a-crawling and a-stealing from the blackness in the backness of my mind. Hello, depression, my old friend. And great to see as well, there's a lot of people there that, that hadn't performed their poetry in front of a crowd before. A lot of pe- and it really seems to give people the confidence as well, brings them out of themselves and makes them not afraid to kind of get up and, uh, and, 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 speak, and speak their own poetry. Well, I think that's right. I mean, you've got, there's got to be a starting point. And I think with poetry, uh, open mics are the starting point. So we thought we'd do that and we'd have a bit of fun with it and we would um, do something a bit different. So, yeah. How long will you long to be happy, fulfilled, Enjoying life and free. Life's too short and life is for living because life can be magical. Oh yes, life can be wonderful. Is your work life stressful, soul-destroying, annoying and dull? Do you live in quiet desperation, no fun, no pulse, no motivation? Your song, I can't get no satisfaction. Is money the only attraction? Monday morning in your bed, no positive psychology or mindfulness or zen in your head. That feeling of dread in your gut. Oh, you want to stay in bed, cover your head, stuck in a rut. All your complaints and regrets 
and mistakes. Oh, again, you list them because you've been cheated by the education system. You're from Lincoln in the UK and you're based in Cork. How long have you been into uh, spoken word co- and, and all that? And um, you know, I started um, probably doing spoken word probably about 2009, probably. But then um, I was from a musical background um, in bands. And I, t- and I used to really love uh, John Cooper Clark back in the, the 80s and 90s. And, um, and then from the music, I started doing some... I wrote four plays of theatre. So when I came over to Ireland, I just thought, oh, I want to try and get into the, the writing again. And I was thinking, well, the problem with theatre is it's very expensive. Even a small production needs a director, needs actors, needs a location, needs set designers... And I was trying to work out ways of kind of writing. So it was all about writing, not poetry. And then I stumbled across my old John Cooper Clark album, The Punk Poet. I just thought, oh, it'd be really, you know, that'd be really good. I could just write these little monologues and pieces and I could perform them. So um, that's how I stumbled into performance poetry. Right, and so how long have you been living in Ireland and, and active then as uh, in spoken word? Um, I've been living in Ireland now for um, 15 years this, uh, this uh, next year, I think. So... And I've been doing spoken word. I'm not sure, actually. Um, I don't know, maybe sort of... I don't know, about seven or eight years or something like that. Orenta, it sounds like Neil Moran La Ra. Like, what I see mightn't be what they saw. Like, we're all actual people carrying some flaw. And then you thaw. Like the ice. This ice. With this flaw is false enemy. In Akalum in you. And in you... And you, and you too. And lately I'm thinking Tony smaller raw than what we first thought. Our table won and on and on and on. Quick and tabella. All lovely fellas, but Cobble and Cree, either you and me. Cobble and Mishnock, on earing you. Because lately I'm just sensing this, fearing you. And for what? And for who? Who's on show? It's just you. Kinche, Tigum, Beanche Scanrail. But you're not a pawn or a fool, like Fonacht on rules that don't exist or were never made. Just Toshi Co Lodge running. It feels like they gotta be obeyed. And so we fade. Into the shade of every day, it's your tongue clicks and Netflix. Just what egg and these comporic. But Kinche, Glock Sus, so am Gehem. There's just a balance in the chasseurs and the timeline down. I'm yassing with suicide or let another bleeding drift through us. Will we lower a mock for us and for those who never even knew us? And Bajor, it's not just standing up or a glaratos or but striking deeper to some more connected chord. So stuck. Consuinuf, new conquina, new la lauret led the let me win it, cause you know we're all in it. Lakela and Lagraw, when it's human to be flawed. So if you're gonna say something, don't overthink. Just talk a buggy and let your voice sink. Clushing sheets and gramadoc, but we hear sound. And it's sound that stirs the stars and the strings in our hearts. So own your sound and Aisha the Cree. Tone it all down and be up the core all A he. And one will more on the raw. That's cool. Just ace and just be. Come here. <laughs>
And so tell me more about the uh, the plays you've written for theatre. Then what was the what were the ideas behind those? Um, do you know I did a. Again, I, st- I stumbled into things, really. I stumbled into a play. It was a, back in the uh, late 80s, there was a playwriting competition in the UK, which I entered a one-act playwriting coach, and I ended up winning. And then the, the prize was um, then to perform it. So, um, yeah, I've done about three or four different plays. Um, so that's, you know, that's something I've done. And it's something I've, I've actually written a play that's going to be performed next year. Uh, I've kind of gone back to that again. So I'm going to do a play, a two-hander, and be starring in that a play. So, yeah. It's an absolutely great concept. Carol Anthony Plover, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to me. My pleasure, thank you. The first event on the Sunday of the festival was Poetry and Pictures, a family workshop that combines words and pictures to make fancy wood-mounted prints. I caught up with workshop facilitator Paul Timoney after the event and also spoke to some of the kids that were taking part. Is it funny who you court is not who you wed? About as funny as a kick when you're already dead. It's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife to stick in the heart of your nagging wife. I'm trying to have my breakfast. I'm trying to enjoy just a little bit of breakfast. I'm trying to have me breakfast and the missus won't leave me alone. Okay, so I'm joined now by Paul Timoney, the facilitator of Poetry and Pictures Family Workshop. So hi, Paul, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I am good. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Poetry and Pictures Workshop? What was involved today? What were the kids doing? Oh, well, uh, they were uh, making a sort of a wood-mounted picture, uh, which included both a verse and some imagery. Uh, So that's actually things which is not unlike things that I make myself. So that, that was the idea that, uh, that I make these kind of um, uh, printed picture verse type things. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was it. We, we, we tried a few different exercises to come up with some strange and interesting words and poetic verses. And after that, um, we looked at some of my prints and uh, children hopefully drew inspiration from seeing what I do. Do you want to give me your names? Maeve, Ella, David... Cool. So, um, do you know what to, what you're what you're letting yourself in for today? No, not exactly. <laughs> oh my God! So you've you've met Paul before, anyway. The, the facilitator yeah, I have. today. Um, we went to this poem thing with him before. Are you kind of arty? Would you say you're an arty person? Yes, I like art. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot of art at school. Yes. <laughs> Very good. So, what's your, what's your favourite subject at school? Lots of different subjects at school. That's good. That's good. Don't narrow yourself down to one subject. So, what about yourself? What's your? Are you in? Are you in school yet? Cool. So, what do you like doing in school? Irish. Oh, very good. That's it. The language, keeping the language alive. Keeping the language alive. So, are you looking forward to today? Uh, well, it's my first time being here, so I'm just gonna ask to find out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about school? What's your favourite subject in school? Uh, I think. Yep. Oh, we've got a brainy one. We've got a brainy. We've got a brainy one, an arty one, and an, an, an Irish-speaking one. So that's a, <laughs> quite a nice. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me today, guys. Very interactive. That's what I loved about it. You just know, the interaction with the kids was just amazing. Getting them so involved, uh, physically, mentally. You know, it was everything really. Yeah, I, I, I was because I, I was trying to think of a way that would be interesting to 
find a way to try and encourage people to write something that was a little bit peculiar, a little bit odd, and I think it can be an unusual thing to sort of meet a group of brand new people yeah. all at once and then suddenly have to start writing about something from your heart. Or And most poetry is most interesting if it comes from some, like, uh, I, I, you know, like place of meaning. Could be anywhere, um, yeah. So it can be, can be hard to just be told to do that on command. Go write now an amazing poem, it's very, very difficult to do. So I thought it would be interesting to come up with some kind of silly exercises that would um, get us to, uh, so, so there was one where they were pretending to be a genius poet, there was another where they were pretending to be a squirrel and they would write about the day that the squirrel had. And so, I mean, is this something you've been doing for a long time? Uh, well, I work with children a lot. I teach in a school in Mullingar called St. Bridget's School. And uh, I, so that, that's a, that's a regular thing for me to, to, to go and meet groups of uh, children around the place. I, I also do storytelling in schools. So. I mean, kids, like, do you know what I mean? They'll just go in a room with lots of other kids and they've got no, there's no barrier, is there? They just get on with it. But in, whereas with adults, do you know what I mean? It's a different kettle of fish. Everyone's very reserved and doesn't. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's kind of the, the, your job almost as, as a facilitator is to try and make the space that people feel comfortable enough to do that in and to, to do it quite quickly. Now, you're right, it's much easier to do that with children because they'll come in with a certain amount of, they're not as self-conscious as adults tend to be. Some children are shyer than others. Sometimes they need uh, like encouragement, warmth, and to know that no one's going to be horribly critical of them. Adults as well. I think we all feel the same way when we're, when we're trying to be creative. Uh, it's, it's important not to feel as though you're being um, judged, that um, you're being criticised. So, yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's the same for everybody, but it's probably easier with, with children. So I'm here at the family workshop, Poetry and Pictures, and I'm joined by the young Jack O'Brien. So hi, Jack, how are you? Good. Good. So do you want to tell me a bit about what you did? To, what did you do today with Paul? Um, we were making some pictures on boards. Do you remember what your one said? I jumped up. Very good. I was very impressed by your artwork. Do you like doing art? Do you like art in school? Yeah. What's your what's your favourite subject in school? Maths. Oh, great. Mental maths. What's that? Well, it's like solving stuff. Oh, right. Okay. And so, do you think you might like to do something like that when you're big, when you're at, when you're growing up? You're going to do some solve some maths problems. Yes. Very good. Well, thanks so much for talking to me today, Jack. Hope you had a brilliant time. It's one of my favourite things is to try and get adults and children working together because I think. We, it's one of the things I find in my own work. I learn a lot from, from watching children work, uh, watching the kind of the images they make, even watching their philosophy and their, uh, just their attitude to what they do and what they make. Um, it's, so I think you can, you can learn so much. It can be such a profound experience to, to work alongside children. So I think it's great for, for people who are dedicated to being creative. Uh, to, to work with kids as well or work alongside because you just see that you get an insight into um, how unselfconscious creativity sort of manifests really so I mean do you do a lot of these kind of workshops and things uh, I guess yeah yeah I do I do I, 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 um, I do that and I, I also do a lot of kind of weird storytelling yeah. types of types of things too but yeah I, 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 I've, I've been very very busy lately actually uh, doing um, I was working on a show with uh, with Laura Lynn recently uh, and we did it we did a show with children uh, with starring children um, in the in the Abbey theater so that was that was last week and then this is this week so it's it's, it's but it's so much fun it's it's, it's so exciting so um, sure, I'm gonna tell you, I mean is this something you've always done have you always written? 
poetry? Has it kind of been something you've done from a young age, or um, if you, is it something that you've kind of come into a little bit? Not later in life, do you know what I mean? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying you're old or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, no, it probably is something I've been doing since I was since I was just a little fellow. Yeah, I've always into kind of things that were. Um, I've always enjoyed words. I, I love words. I love playing with words. Um, uh, so I, I, that, that's something I always I remember that from even being quite young and teachers playing word games, ring games, and they would always excite me so much. I would I, I love engaging in that sort of thing, and I would always be sad when it would, that, that activity over and would go back to doing something that I wouldn't be enjoy as well. No, you obviously love what you do. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's, it sort of comes across straight away just from watching you interact with the kids oh, and good. stuff. It's you know fantastic. Oh, thank you. So thanks so much for talking to me today, Paul. It's been fantastic talking to you. Well, you too. Thanks very much. Wordworks was another event which took place in the Fringe Lab in Temple Bar. It's a showcase of Ireland's most exciting young spoken word artists. I spoke first of all to facilitator and well-known Dublin poet Colm Keegan. Ireland is an on-the-road machine. It's existentially frightening out there. It's got alloy wheels and tinted windows. It can tear you limb from limb or stop and offer you a lift. Ireland is so far gone from Joyce's Dublin, but still full of the dead and snow. Upon quickly snorted cocaine breaths we go. Now joined by Colm Keegan, the facilitator of today's WordWorks Youth Spoken Word Showcase. So hi, Colm. How's it going? What's the crack? Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened today? What, what does words, WordWorks involve? Uh, well, what happened today was we ended up showcasing, like, uh, just, like, it became a showcase of young female voices, really, like, just because randomly the couple of guys that wanted to come along didn't make it and stuff like that. But it was, um, WordWorks itself is like uh, a six-week project where we just provide workshops on spoken word, poetry and writing over the six weeks. Um, myself, I kind of lead the project and then we always try and, we kind of try and democratise it a little bit and not make it about one poet's voice, yeah. you know, like one mentor. So myself and Stephen, James Smith would have worked with me a bit this year. Cause, and also, like, it's funded, so we don't okay. want to be like ring fencing the money for ourselves either. <laughs> yeah. We're like, everybody has to get a slice of the pie, so we kind of um, made sure we involved with our poets uh, as facilitators. So we had John Cummins, uh, Claire Rose Thornton, Aaron. Basically, they, they, the, the poets was torn up, these young poets was torn up. Like, I was calling them participants, I kept correcting myself, they're not participants, <laughs> they're poets, because they torn up and like, uh, they already have it, they already yeah. have the thing. You yeah. know, and it's just about shining a light in there or letting them get whatever they have in the way of it out of the way yeah. so that their voice is clear and strong. So I'm here at the WordWorks Youth Spoken Word Showcase uh, and I'm talking with Caitlin McGowan. So hi, Caitlin, you're one of the performers today. Yeah, hi, how are you? So do you want to tell me a little bit, bit about yourself and what you're going to be doing today? Um, I'm Caitlin and today I'm going to be doing spoken word poetry mm-hmm. uh, with a group of other people. Okay. And we're all going to be doing like a, like a linked performance at the end as well, so it should be really fun. Yeah. So, I mean, is your work all scripted or do you kind of work off the top of your head a lot of the time or is it fairly all very planned? It depends. Like, sometimes I just write and then sometimes, no, most of the time I just write. So it is planned a lot. It depends on today, really. Yeah. I mean, have you been doing this long? You're not very old, obviously, by the looks of you. No. So have you been doing this a long time? As, well, spoken word, and yeah, sort of a long time. I've worked with Colm Keegan for the past six years. So, yeah, I know him a lot, and we've been doing 
uh, lots of work together with a group we uh, run, Inklings, mm-hmm. in Constant Park. So it's a lot of work. We won a few awards now in the Cast Festival. So yeah. Cool. So I mean, how did you get involved in this? It's not as if you woke up one morning and thought, <laughs> I'll, be a, I'll be a spoken word poet. How did you uh, get into it? Um, uh, Colin posted it on the Inklings group page. So it's like, I might as well try. So I sent in an application and then got called in to like work with a bunch of people I don't know. So it was a really fun experience. So do you do a lot of this kind of this kind of thing? Uh, poetry, not a lot, but I've been doing theatre since I was five. So oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> very long time. So I've, I'm used to like performing on stage for a good bit. So it's... It's nice to like get out of that area and go into the area of spoken word and poetry. It's yeah, really yeah. fun transition to do. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for talking to me today, Kate, and it's been fantastic. Ireland is a badly bred, famine-stricken, flea-bitten jalopy of a pie-ball horse galloping down O'Connell Street. Ireland is Kew Cullen with a hurley, going off his head on creatine, punching the face off the referee before sticking him in the boot with sectarianism, and they disappeared. How did you get involved in this? Is, is spoken word and poetry and stuff something that you've always been involved in? Um, I was always into reading and then I just became a writer because of that. I think just, it was, I just filled my head with words and then yeah. they start pouring out, I think is what happened. Yeah. Um, and then people started telling me I was a performance poet, I didn't even know what it was. I was just writing and I was going to things and, and I was in a kind of creative writing groups and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was sending, submitting to places and trying to get poems published. And then all of a sudden, uh, I decided to push out and, and, like, risk trying to do poems in public to people because I was bored with the group that I was working yeah. with all the time in this local library. And uh, at the exact same time as I was doing that, this kind of scene was starting to kick off. And mm. then I became part of that. Um, and they had, that had a big effect on me, made me kind of who I am. I'm a product of this scene yeah. that's happening at the minute. And it's, it's definitely an amazing scene in Dublin going on at the moment. And as I said, these, these really, really young guys that are coming through. Yeah, it's a bit punk like, you know. You don't need a yeah. guitar. You, don't need, you literally don't need anything. Yeah. He's just And that's what's happening, like, you know. I see, see all the time. Um, a guy comes along and uh, they might have palms crumpled and thrown in wastebaskets at home and they're ashamed of them. And then they come along and they like see somebody like I can do that. I, I'm I'm better than him, you know. I can get up and do that. And then and there's no like there's no kind of pyramid. There's no hierarchy, you know. Would you say there's a competitive as- streak to it? Ah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's life. There's always co- competition, you know. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, there's a resistance to that. Us kind of saying, we, mm-hmm. even with lingo, it's like we don't want this to be just about us we want this to be about everything we, we're like kind of again just getting out like growth we're just trying to enable growth there's competition in growth and kind of uh, losses in growth and there might be a bit of envy yeah. when you see someone else yeah. growing but like the rising tide lifts all boats you can't resent the tide for being the tide and lifting things the way it lifts so if someone's fucking daddy over here and you don't feel as good as them like that doesn't matter you can do whatever you want like and my own personal resistance to competitive urges is always to think like people are just like flowers and they just you should be looking at the sun you should be looking at the other flowers see what they're doing because your business is with the sun you know and growing so that's the way I think of those participants today as well and it's all kind of just about staying out of their way and helping them get to where they want to yeah. go and there's, I mean there's a lot more to it isn't there than people just think someone's just telling a poem or talking it's about expression there's so many ways it can go really bad right okay but when everything goes well it's fucking amazing. 
like it's done it. That's like like I nearly cried three or four times this weekend. And I was also wanted to punch a wall, so I was so angry. I wanted to and I was just like ah! and all the feelings and it's coming up, it's like the Wendy, you know this thing like that locker yeah. wrote about. It's like it's coming up out of ground. It's not manufactured, it's real. And when people you can say sometimes when someone gets up and they're a bit contrived and they're like, I'm gonna move my hand this way, when I say that I'm gonna do this and it's like there's a bit of art, like the artifice of acting in there. But like sometimes that when that's not there and they're like just like the way like a spring when it rains enough and down the spring pops up and there's a river there that's the flow you're getting you know like and you're just getting like it's overwhelming sometimes mm. like yesterday it was just the people coming out one of the gigs I said going I had to have a break man I couldn't handle anymore because it was just so much yeah. the heat of the emotion like you yeah. know like you have someone telling you about um, like Sarah Clancy in Liberty Hall yesterday like Liberty Hall the very centre of what we are as a people right or what we fought for and how that's all been subverted, like, you don't get me started on the Labour Party, do you know what I mean? Like, but, but what that represents, the symbolism of us poets putting something there where the little, maybe the little letters were cut out to shape the proclamation in that room, yeah. and Sarah Clancy is there, and Rafif Ziada from uh, Palestine, and Sarka Fox, and Sarka Saint was, remember who we are, remember what's been taken from us, remember what we fought for in the first place, and remember, like, that, that you know, what's the difference between you and a traveller, what's the difference between you and a refugee, yeah. who do we think we are, and she says, she says this brilliant poem where she says, like, uh, the success we're being sold at the minute is a lie, because there's still stuff, we still, don't distract yourself to notion that, like, because you have your mortgage, and you've got your car, and you have your job, and everything's okay, because it, it's, it's, everybody's, there's so many people suffering, so we were kind of amplifying that yesterday, and to be there, for that was just unreal and like it was like it, was, it felt a little bit like an awakening for me you know Ireland is cheering an og O'Shane saying don't when a saddle broke Vikings raving on Woodkey Hill monks driving home vis through round towers they built St Patrick standing with his fire on the mound saying honestly now that money was just resting in my account <laughs> One of the most politically motivated events at the festival this year was Black Rhymes Matter, which took place in the Clockwork Door on Wellington Quay. Hosted by Asara Azams, a Dublin-based Nigerian feminist, activist, performer and also founder of the Fry Plantains Collective, I spoke to her prior to the event. Okay, so I am at Black Rhymes Matter here in the Clockwork Door and I am joined by Asaro Azams, who is the founder of the Fried Plantains Collective. So hi, Asaro, how are you? Hi, Paula, how's things? (laughs) Good, good, good. So do you want to tell me a little bit about, you're obviously kind of part organiser of today's event. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what's going to be happening today? Uh, There's going to be loads of deadly black performers doing some cool spoken word and or singing um it's really important that we showcase and kind of build more like there's an african diaspora community in ireland mm-hmm. and it's growing and there's so many different people coming from different backgrounds whether it's from asylum seeker or refugee and um or people who got citizenship or people who were born here and have yeah. irish families as well it's just so people know that we are they aren't just some accessories Mm. of people using black people's culture it's like black and Irish culture deserves to be equally respected Um, there's so many different black cultures and I just personally can't wait to hear some of the performers tonight I haven't heard some of them so I'm really excited about it I'm really happy with the turnout so far I'm like a bit flustered but it's like excited so how long have the collective been together Literally only a few months and I just play by ear day to day of like, oh, maybe I'll do this. I'll just put it through the Fry Plantains um, collective, which is what I just made so that I can 
yeah, just do like black related interesting events and mm. collab with friends, like cozy events. Yeah. So one of it was um, uh, Neve Byrne from Petty Cash got me involved with Lingo Festival this yep. year and asked if I wanted to do something for it. So I've been thinking of doing the Black Rhymes Matter for a mm-hmm. while. Um, so I'm really happy I got the chance to do through Lingo Fest, the Deadly Festival as yeah. well, you know. I mean, what do you think of the, the Dublin scene at the moment? You think it's obviously it's growing uh, as the, this weekend is, is in terms shown of like in volume. Dublin scene. Yeah, I mean the Dublin scene for the spoken word and you yeah. Know. I mean I'm only getting into it myself the last year, um, like officially. Uh, it was thanks to like friends like encouraging yeah. me of yeah. like and watching them do performances in really comfortable environments. Uh, the last couple of like the last year or two. Um, and just seeing how they embody that community spirit of it's not you meant to do this and you're supposed to know about this and that's the way it is because we're leftists it's this is what we know we love to know what you know and share it on a round table community development sort of way Um, and seeing like with Perikash how comfortable everyone always is and excited that's the kind of stuff I want to bring and I'm really happy with the feedback so far my first event was a film screening called Born in Flames uh-huh. and there was loads of deadly women that turned up and I was so proud and I was so happy with the amount of women that was there especially the black women that was there yeah, yeah. Uh, it was black women only spoken word and then now it's a Black Rhymes Matter thing um, and I want to just put on more cozy events in the future where yeah. it's like talking about different like politics and through a cozy atmosphere Thanks for talking to me today. Oh, sorry. Thanks it's been so much for like pleasure. interviewing me. It's really cool. Thanks so much for coming over. No over problem. <laughs> Clara Rose Thornton. Culture, ladies and gentlemen, it's a celebration. Culture, ladies and gentlemen, they say it's a celebration. And I have come here this evening to agree. Culture, ladies and gentlemen, is a splendid thing. And I have come here today to agree. When the first men, women, and children left Africa and slowly made a route toward the snow, could it have been a glimmer in anyone's mind? These things we all now know, that nations would turn a different color depending on their latitude. That certain skin would thin, certain eyes with almond, and all the delicious propensities in between. Yet, there is something inside of man, something hardwired in the brain, that merely seeks opportunity for domination, subjugation, And over time, the terms dominating the streets were merely synonyms for discrimination. People merely went north, y'all. Africa's children merely spread further. We are all cut from the cloth of that land, and all we know have roots in that sand. From primordial soup to the proverbial chickens coming home to roost, the world forgot the strength pulsating beneath that sand. Now what I call that is latitude attitude. (laughs) But what I call this, what I call this is a celebration. A celebration. Culture is a celebration. I say, the more differences the better. 
the sooner we learn the way of one mind, one mind with many, many faces, is the sooner we step into the light. That light meant to illuminate this single house, this glorious green mansion, full of green and full of light, from the north to the south, not meant for strife, and claim our collective transcendent elevation, a celebration, not latitude attitude. People simply went north, y'all. Africa's children merely spread we are all cut from the cloth of that land, and all we know have roots in that sand. From primordial soup to the proverbial chickens coming home to roost, the world forgot the strength pulsating beneath that sand. Now what do we call that class? Latitude, attitude. <laughs> but what do we call this? We call this a celebration. Let's leave behind the latitude attitude and claim our true, our true collective transcendent escalation. Okay, so I'm here in Black Rhymes Matter, here in the Clockwork Door, and I am joined by one of the performers, Raven. So, hi Raven, uh, what are you going to be up to today? What am I going to be up to today? I'm going to be doing the same thing I always do, running my mouth. <laughs> so, what are you, are you a spoken word poet? What kind of thing do you do? Um, well, I do a couple of different things. Um, I do, you know, sort of straight spoken word, unaccompanied, and I'm also in a, uh, a hip-hop band, a, a live improvisational um, hip-hop jazz fusion band called Mixtapes from the Underground. So I straddle both worlds. Um, most of the work that I do is of uh, a political bent. Um, I do a lot of stuff about identity politics, African-American identity yep. politics. And uh, I kind of like to call myself an urban nature poet okay. because I do uh, some of my stuff sort of um, revolves around the uh, kind of the, the collision between like like the sort of the natural world and the yeah. man-made world. Yeah. So I mean, if you are you are you based in Dublin at the moment, or yeah, have you eleven years now? Oh yeah, I'm fourteen years. We're, we're, we're in competition. We're in competition. So have you been doing this a long time? You're not a you're not you're quite still a quite a young man. Have you been? I'm fifty-one. Uh, oh I just turned fifty-one goodness. in September. He doesn't look it. He does not look it, people. Um, so, how did you get started in all this? Were you kind of from school? You, you sort of met some friends in school? You know, I, I met my, I, I wrote my first poem probably when I was about five years old. Oh, wow. I can I can remember like a few lines of it. It was about a, 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 a meeting between a, a pie and a cake that fell in love. Um, so I've always been writing. I come from a, a, you know, a family that was really valued education and you know the power of words was pushed on me at an early age so i always written i didn't really start performing until sometime in in the 90s right, cool. uh, i started uh, performing with uh, with with a, a political street theater group and sort of weaving uh, you know spoken word uh -huh. into that and then went on to to solo performing and that was probably 
close to 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how does the Dublin scene compare with, obviously, what's going on in America at the moment? The Dublin scene is absolutely incredible. When I first moved here 11 years ago, the Dublin scene, uh, it, it was small. You know, there would have been, like, maybe three different uh, sort of little, uh, little uh, open mic nights. Okay. Um, and in the 11 years since I've been here, it has absolutely just like like blossomed in a way that I could yeah. never have seen before. Yeah. It's an incredible scene right now, not only in this country, or not only in this city, but, but all over the country. And the lovely thing about it being such a small country is that, say, in the United States, you know, I knew the San Francisco scene, which is where I'm from, or, yep. or the Bay Area scene, uh-huh. but here... Because like you can fit six of Ireland into California, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. know the national scene. You know, yeah. so I know poets. You know, there are poets who are friends of mine. You know, here in Dublin, in Cork, in in Galway, all over this country. Yeah. and it really has become something incredible. Yeah. So I mean, do you do stuff like this all the time, or is it kind of just kind of every? Every I do. Once in a while, um, not so much now because I'm also a videographer and editor, and oh, I spend wow. a lot of time indoors, so I don't come <laughs> in, uh, editing films. I've got a lot of work right now, thankfully, yeah. so I don't come out as much as I used to. But uh, yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Um, between uh, solo performances and performances with the band, mm-hmm. this year in particular has been really, really busy. It's been a great year. Yeah, brilliant. So thanks so much for talking to me, Raven. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to all the performers who spoke to us during the Lingo Festival. Thanks also to all the venues who allowed us the amazing access for all the events. Thank you to my colleague Ben Atkinson and all at Phoenix FM. We'd also like to thank Fifth Element and Double Screen for letting us use their track Sunshine for the intro music. We'd also like to thank Linda Devlin and all of the Lingo team. My name's Paula Wiseman and you've been listening to Best of Lingo, produced by Near FM, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.